Hi everyone, and welcome to Fine Vines and Wine. I'm your host, Karis Pixie, and each week I'll be giving you all an insight into the behind the scenes of our favorite beverage, wine. I'd love for you to use this podcast platform as a winery guide for your next weekend away, exploring everything Australia has to offer. You never know, you might discover a new spot or two to visit. I acknowledge the Cadigal and the Dinjuri peoples, traditional custodians of the land that we recorded today's podcast episode on. I pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging, for they hold the memories, the traditions, the culture and hopes of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples across the nation. On this week's episode of Fine Vines and Wine, I'm joined by Mitchell Taylor, Managing Director and Third Generation Winemaker at Taylor's. Thank you so much for joining me today. How has your week been? Oh, the week's been great. Very busy, running around the country finally, apart oh, from amazing. Melbourne. But uh, all very good, thanks. Oh, amazing. Yeah, I was meant to go to Melbourne last weekend, but yeah, unfortunately didn't go. So we'll have to try and go next time. So I'm just going to jump straight into the questions. How long have you been working in wine for? Yeah, I've been working in wine ever since I was a little kid. In fact, I remember working for 40 cents a day on oh, the wow. working line at Taylor's. Yeah. So, um, and when I worked all day, I can remember it was on the end of the bottling line. I was putting the caps on the big flagons of, sh- of sherry at the time. But I actually then, after my first day's work, gave 20 cents of it to my mum for lodging. So um, she was pleased that I didn't forget um, the, the, the family that, that, that helped me get there. So, yeah, I've grown up around the, the winery as a young boy, did a lot of picking over the school holidays um, at, at vintage time. Always loved being in and around it, seeing my um, uh, my father, you know, build a business from its um, early days. Yeah. But also always um, was told to go out and make my own way in the world. And while the, the, the wine business is a good business, I always remember the time when I, I first saw my father almost close to tears yeah. as, he, as we were going through the vineyard and there were chainsaws and we were cutting off the chainsaws of these beautiful old vines of Cabernet and Shiraz and we were grafting them over to a new white variety at the time called Chardonnay that had just basically arrived in Australia. And I said, oh, wow. And I said, Dad, why are you doing this? And, and he said, just remember one thing, son, we're not in the wine business, we're in the fashion business. And, um, <laughs> yes. I'll always remember that one uh, from the early days. Oh, no, definitely. Yeah, I kind of feel like, I guess, yeah, as a winemaker, you'd have to see what's popular at the moment. So like when Rosé was really popular and then Chardonnay took a dip. And I think Chardonnay's coming back again now, which is good because they did take a big sort of dip. Yeah, and which that, that's quite exciting for us as winemakers because we, we understand it's a quality grape and there are a lot of things you can do with it in the winery. And, and we've had probably, again, on the fashion side with Savion Blanc, we've had yes. a lot of it coming in. But now the market, again, being a fashion industry, I think people are starting to say, you know what, there's more to white wine than just, um, you know, uh, glasses of Savion Blanc. 
Yes, no, definitely. No, I used to, before I started sort of studying wine, getting more into it, I used to only drink rosé. I was very much a rosé person, but um, no, now I've started studying and getting into it more. I definitely am trying everything. So <laughs> how long has Taylor's been around for? We just celebrated our 50th anniversary. We did oh, wow. have a, um, a company before we established the winery called South Australian Wine um, distributors yep. and that used to supply wines from all over South Australia and also other parts of the world into the hotels that um, mm. the family owned. But then we decided uh, back in 1969 to sell out of some of the hotels yep. and started up a, a beautiful winery in the southern end of the Clare Valley on beautiful, it was an old dairy, beautiful Terrarossa soils and, mm. and I'll always remember, because I was a very young boy at the time, only about five or six, mm. but my grandfather, Big Bill, always said, um, because he was a, originally a, a dairy farmer from Bega, but he yeah. said, if the family are going back onto the land, one thing we must do is build a dam. And so as, as we built the dam in what was the driest state in the driest continent in the world, yes. the beautiful Terrarossa soils in the limestone, we found uh, fossilised seahorses. So they oh. were actually used as the symbol for the Taylor's label of the three generations establishing yes. that, that winery just over 50 years ago that show that lovely delicate delicate balance that's required for making great wine. So can you, because you've obviously been working in wine for a very long time, as you said, um, do you have a most memorable moment that you've experienced? Yeah, look, I've had many moments, but the, what I would probably say was always that moment of your first vintage when you made your first wine. Yeah. And, and a bit like... Um, you know, I'd gone to winemaking school, I'd learned all the technical side, mm. but it was a bit like, um, you know, when you're learning to ride a bicycle and you sort yeah. of just get off the trainer wheels and you've got that, that sort of confidence, but at the same time, you're not sure whether, you know, the wine's going to turn out right or if you've ruined these beautiful grapes. So to me, that was a very memorable moment. And, um, we did it with some, you know, beautiful, uh, you know, little batch of Riesling. Um, I was left to my own devices and, um, you know, it, it turned out okay. It was uh, yeah. <laughs> probably not a hard wine to, to you know, uh, get wrong. But for yes. me at the time, it was certainly a very memorable and satisfying experience. And I still love, you know, bringing out bottles of this um, old Riesling now and yeah. just, you know, enjoying that 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 particular wine because it has uh, matured quite nicely over the years oh amazing and I guess that when you're drinking it you have that memory as well which is really nice too yeah definitely um have you always worked for Taylor's wines or have you um sort of worked for other wineries and then come back to the family business yeah we we were always encouraged to go off and um you know do our own thing to develop our own careers and, and so I had a lot of good good connections. So uh, I went overseas and, and was we were very good friends with the Lanson family at the time. Mm. So I was able to work a little bit in Champagne. Oh, um, awesome. 
yeah, so that that was a lot of fun. I did my own things too in finance and um, yeah. stockbroking because I had a business degree. But I always tell the funny story about how I got back into the family business because while I grew up around it, I'd already mm. started to develop my own career. But yeah. one day a box arrives at Taylor's. <laughs> no one knew what to do with this box. It actually sat um, on the desk for about six to 12 months. Oh, wow. Until our accountant finally rang me up because I was working in a stockbroking firm and he said, look, can you can you help your your, um, your family show them how yeah. to plug in a computer and <laughs> start the start the process? So I said, "Look, I'll do that. I'll just come in." I said to my father, "Yeah, I'll come in for three months and um, help with that project." But when I yeah. did it, um, I actually was able to see a lot of the inside of the business. You know, I'd done all the. The, the pruning and the picking and, and worked as a seller hand yeah. and the bottling line, but it was terrific to sort of see it, uh, you know, from a technological um, aspect of improving things and seeing the systems. So that was a great introduction into yeah. um, how the business operated, but also um, that three months, I just uh, I loved it so much mm-hmm. that decided to stay on and, um, you know, get away from that boring world of um, finance and stockbroking yes. and all those uh, numbers. Oh, awesome. No, I kind of feel like as well it's good to have the winemaking skills but then also have the behind-the-scenes business skills as well because then you can really help the business grow. Yeah, definitely. And always been one of those areas that, you know, I've really loved about the business in that mm. you can see – you know, what, what's it like to start off by planning a vineyard, but then getting the concept right all the way through. So yeah. you're able to watch a consumer enjoy um, your passion and your labour um, that started several years ago, but yeah. watch them enjoy the, the wine while they're sitting, you know, on the other side of the world in, in mm. a beautiful restaurant. So I've always loved that um, value-added component and the complexity of the wine industry because, yeah. you know, we are farmers, we are winemakers, mm. we are marketers, we are manufacturers, we are exporters. So yeah. it really does challenge you um, in, in many, many uh, different areas uh, of business and winemaking. Yeah, definitely. No, I can definitely see that. Um, going back to the Taylor's label and the um, seahorse design, I saw recently on your Instagram that you, you're you a part of the C, the initiative CB&B. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, that, that's a great initiative that we've kicked off with the family and the team um, at Taylor's where yeah. we really have, have always loved a you know, the, the seahorse emblem, but also we're very passionate about my father, uh, brothers and um, the whole family about growing up around um, in, in Australia, around yeah. the, 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 the harbours and the uh, the beaches. Mm. And so we've been really, with, with our environmental responsibility, we've really looked at the, um, the impact that some of these endangered species have. And we've always loved the seahorse because it's such a delicate, beautiful um, fish at the bottom yeah. of the food chain. But it is also the slowest fish 
And oh, wow, okay. There's all the seagrass and we damage the, the habitat through anchors and, mm. and, and moving in. The, the, the seahorse is getting a bit exposed. So it is on the endangered list. So we, we, we thought it would be a great opportunity um, because as winemakers, we see the impact of climate change. Yes. We notice that our vintages are getting earlier each year. The windows to harvest grape, grapes are getting shorter. But mm. we also see the impact that's happening also in the oceans. So yes. we wanted to, um, yeah, give back, look after and have this initiative where uh, quite cleverly with people not being able to travel over the mm. COVID period, we thought that um, they could book into a CB&B by giving a donation, book into one of these seahorse hotels, which are <laughs> yeah. basically just big cages that we've set at the bottom of uh, the harbours and rivers where the oh, seahorses wow. can actually get into these cages. They can breed. They don't have other fish eating them. And they mm. also have a chance for the seagrass and, and all the seaweed to grow in around them so they can camouflage and prosper. And oh, wow. We, we just launched um, about 18 of these hotels with the initiative yeah. on CB&B, and it's, all, it's really exciting to see that the seahorses are already in the hotels and are starting to breed. So it's a lovely thing that we've, we've teamed up with uh, the people at SIMS, the SIMS yeah. Institute of Marine Science, and, and it's really an exciting initiative for the, uh, the family and the business that we're doing at Taylor's Wines. Oh, definitely. How did you get involved in that? Did they, did they reach out to you or was it no, sort of I, a combined approach? I was approach? lucky enough to come across Sims. One night I went out with um, a group of friends where we watched them uh, ta- tagging, of all things, bull sharks okay. in Sydney Harbour. And we saw okay. them tag about three bull sharks. But I, I got to meet all the scientists and I talked mm. to them about what, how they were doing this to preserve the sharks and so they were tracking them where they were. But yeah. also it enabled me uh, to talk to them about all the initiatives that they're doing. And I, I naturally said, well, look, I've always been a big fan of the seahorse because it's mm. the, the emblem and the good luck symbol of starting our family business. Yes. But then they started to tell me about the exciting um, initiatives that they're, they're wanting to do, but they also said, you know, from lack of funding, you've just got to be concerned that uh, the seahorse might not always be uh, with us. So yeah. when I heard that, you know, I talked to the, the, the family and um, the team at Taylor's and we all thought it was a natural fit for Definitely. What, where we wanted to go. Oh, no, definitely. No, it sounds great. I'll have to have a little bit more of a look into it. And I'll also link for everyone at the bottom of the bio so they can all see how they can help as well. Um, yeah, all, they, all you have to do is just go in cbnb.com.au. And, and we're trying to, you know, we've raised about uh, 20, 30,000 every little oh, bit. Oh, wow. Helps. And um, we've got a target of 150. So hopefully, as, as we're wanting to peel this project out um, around the world. So, yeah, just, just uh, it's an exciting project. And, and hopefully, we can um, help the seahorses all around the globe. Oh, definitely. Um, how much does it cost to install like one of the CBB hotels? Each one um, costs the team 
roughly about $500, you know. Oh, wow. You do several at a time. So that's why when anyone goes to the site, any little donation is, um, you know, valuable. And then there are various layers, you know, you can buy yeah. cheaper rooms or you can get you know, <laughs> a suite. Uh, but, yeah, every little bit helps on, on what people can um, donate to what I believe is a very worthwhile cause. Oh, no, definitely. I agree. And I love the concept as well. It's such a great idea. Um, talking, I guess that leads into one of my questions about um, sustainability, which I saw on your website that you're very passionate about. Um, yeah. What goes into creating a successful and sustainable wine business and why is sustainability is so important to tailors? Yeah, it's because we are the third generation family business. Um, yeah. it, it really is in our, um, you know, in our DNA. My father, Bill, always said, you know, you're, you're in charge now and handed, yeah. handed over the responsibility. But it's always been emphasized, um, within our business that, that, mm. yeah, we, we want to, uh, be successful, but we want to hand the, the quality of our, our vineyards, the quality of our business back in better hands to the next generation than yeah. what the previous one received it. And so what, um, what we've, we've done is also become quite innovative in this space. And I'm really proud of the team where we, we actually, from cradle to grave, created mm. the world's first carbon neutral wine, which oh, was wow. Uh, yeah, it was our 80 acres wine range, which was from some of our original uh, vineyards over mm. 50 years ago, where we measured the, um, the, the, the footprint all the way from the start of, of making the wine in, in um, growing the grapes all the way to the end when we transport it over to the other side of the world for yeah. consumption. So we covered our, um, our carbon footprint and I'm really excited to say that we've also just recently signed up to science-based targets. So okay. by um, 2030, we really want to reduce significantly our total uh, carbon footprint across the entire business. Oh, no, wow, that's, that's amazing. And that congratulations on the carbon neutral wine as well. This might be a stupid question, but with the carbon neutral wine, is that also you're looking at the winemaking process as well? Yes, definitely. We, what we're looking at is how much carbon, you know, because, uh, you know, fermenting a wine produces quite a lot of carbon dioxide. Yes. You've got to watch it in, in, in the actual winemaking process that you don't get too much that accumulates within the winery because it mm. can be very dangerous because it, 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 um, it falls to the bottom of the ground. So you don't want to yeah. be put in a pocket of it. And what we've discovered through the whole process is when we've measured that, we've looked to offset by doing various activities within our vineyard. Okay. So, you know, we've looked at um, the vines we plant. We look at the trees with the um, with all the windbreaks that we mm. plant through the vineyard. And, and we've also, you know, we bring in sheep um, in the um, winter months to have all that lovely organic activity there and, and to build up the organic matter so that the soil is always of, of a high quality. So do, doing all these processes, we're now looking at installing for our power uh, solar panels on all our roofs. 
Oh, wow. All all of that goes back to the grid and actually, um, uh, you know, gives us energy, uh, particularly at our peak times during, Mm. um, you know, the middle of vintage when we need a lot of refrigeration um, through the summer months. Yes. And and we're we're, we're just looking at every process across the business. So there are lots of exciting ways. We're even looking at the packaging. We're coming up with the 80 acres with some revolutionary flat-packed bottles that don't require glass. So we're we're really pushing the envelope, um, you know, in new areas of innovation, um, you know, where we can do, uh, you know, better things. And we're we're also one of the founding members of Sustainable Wine Growing Australia. Yes. And that's all about looking at our vineyard inputs, uh, reducing that environmental footprint and, and just building the... Um, business into being more efficient and, um, you know, having ha- having that awareness so that, yeah. you know, our end customers can see here is a family business that mm. is really authentic and serious about making the environment and the world a better place to live in. Yes, definitely. No, that's amazing. I, I'm a big fan of sustainability as well. So it's so great to see a wine business doing so much towards that. Um, with Sustainable Wine Growing Australia, is there a criteria you have to fall into in able to be a member? Yes, we, we are uh, one of those members. And yeah. particularly when we did that initial work with the ISO um, environmental standard, which is 14,044 in creating the world's first carbon neutral wine, um, mm. you know, that, that, that got the big tick. And now um, we're just in the process of getting certified not only our entire vineyard, but we're also mm. bringing all our growers along with the journey. So, you know, we have a lot of growers that we've been in partnership for um, a lot of years. Yeah. So we're really getting that, that that positive message across with them. So it takes a bit of work and communication mm. and, and we're actually sharing what we're doing in our vineyard with those growers so that yeah. you know, we can just reduce you know, the, the footprint and, and look at important things such as our use of water, you yes. know, using water at night time in a more efficient manner so it doesn't mm. evaporate. You know, that, that is something so important in Australia yes. because it is a limited supply and, and we do have one of the driest climates in the world. Um, also mm. looking at, you know, how we package things, how we can improve them, how we eliminate plastics out of our whole packaging um, uh, process. So, yes. you know, it, it's, it, it's a very long list. There's a lot of mm. work uh, the team have to do in measuring it all and then yes. um, working at ways to reduce it. But we really do feel um, it's the right step to take um, um, across the business. So in order to be certified sustainable, is it like similar to being certified organic? Is it kind of held in that regard? It is, but it's more related to your um, your efficiencies and your yeah. environmental footprint. And um, there's quite a thorough procedure. I sit on the board of Wine Australia and we've just got um, Sustainable Wine Growing Australia up and running okay. um, with the Australian Wine Research Institute. And so we're just going through at the moment with all the details. So hmm. it, it is a very rigorous mapping situation 
where yeah. they look at everything uh, from the inputs to yes. the outputs of what you're using in the vineyards. So there's quite a lot of detail to it. And then mm. they come through, um, look at your practices, look at what you, you're currently doing and look at yes. ways where you're reducing it and, and then getting certified. So, um, with a bit of luck, we, we had a, we were one of the first to become yes. members. And with the new process that's just been launched, I think we'll be one of the um, first certified members. Oh, congratulations. That's amazing. It sounds like you're doing so much to sort of... Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's a great, great teamwork um, you yes. know, to do this because it does take a lot of dedication and energy um, in, in getting it right. Oh, no, definitely. I can definitely imagine it does. There would be so many small things to consider. Um, going back to when you were talking about the vintage season, um, how did this year's vintage season go? And are there any releases that we should be getting excited about? Yeah, this one is very exciting. It, it's only early days, but 2021, really, we had ideal ripening conditions. Up mm. in the Clare Valley, it was a little dry, but with that dryness, the, the drought didn't quite break for us, but yeah. we've got great flavours, great intensity, and some of the best colours I've seen for many, many years. Oh, amazing. Fact, I think this might be up there with probably our best uh, three or four vintages uh, that, that I've ever seen the business make. Oh, wow. Um, and I'm, I'm getting very excited with just the smells in the, the winery and in all the barrels and also some of the early colours, particularly mm. in the Shiraz and Cabernet Sauvignon. So um, we're about to do our post-vintage tasting and so I'm really looking forward to um, to the wines and, and even our, our beautiful Clear Valley Rieslings. We're getting ready to... Um, release them in the next couple of months because the aromatic lift and, and the mm. characteristics look look sensational at this stage. Oh, amazing. No, I can't wait. That sounds so exciting. Do you have any other exciting releases that are, cu that are actually coming this year? Yeah, we've just um, launched our new Masterstroke range. Yes. And one that I'm so excited about is our 2016 Master Stroke Cabernet Shiraz blend. Yes. And it's, it's, it's a classic Australian blend, and we've really brought the best grapes from our oldest vines on the Taylor's estate property and really blended what, what I consider to be Bordeaux's number one variety in Cabernet mm. with the Rome Valley's um, premium grape variety in Shiraz. And yeah. really, really fleshing it out to make a lovely, smooth, um, exceptional red blend. And everywhere I've showed it, um, everyone's agreed. They've really loved it. And it, it's one of those wines, even when you're tasting it, yeah. um, it's just got so much flavour. It's got so much elegance and, and very velvety that, mm. yeah, it's very hard to even spit out a bit if you taste it. <laughs> So it's a, a great one to have with a meal. And, and we've also in that range released a straight Cabernet from yeah. Coonawarra for the first time because we've got great growers down there. And, okay. and so um, we've just purchased a new vineyard in the Rat and Bully area just, uh, just, just near Coonawarra. So we're really excited by that 
uh, fruit. And, and then we've got a lovely um, McLaren Vale Shiraz also yes. in the Master Strike range. So they're, they're the ones we've, we've just uh, released, but um, yes. really exciting um, to see the, um, you know, the positive reaction to those wines. No, definitely. Um, I was lucky enough to come to the Taylor's Wine Dinner a couple of weeks ago. I'm trying to remember when it was. Was it a couple of weeks ago? The yeah. One yes. No, and I loved every single wine that I tried. So, yes, it was. I'm very excited for those ones. Oh, that's good. Well, thanks for yeah coming along to that. It was um, yeah very positive experience to see everyone um, you know excited by the quality of the wines. What wines are you drinking right now? Well, right now, I'm I'm actually love the um, you know the the, the lighter you know rieslings that, that, yeah. that are just coming through. So, um, in the middle of the day, particularly on the weekend, they're, they're just gorgeous and beautiful. But now that it's just warming up a little bit, mm. all of a sudden at night time, with um, you know a bit of nice um, red meat. Um, I'm now switching back to some aged St Andrews uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. You know, that's yes. uh, you know, I'm a bit lucky. I can select from the family cellar. <laughs> so I've uh, been enjoying some um, 2010s that are still drinking beautifully, oh, wow. and, um, and and also some of the ones that are um, a little bit younger than that. Oh, amazing. No, I'd love to be able to tap into um, tap into a family cellar. That would be amazing. <laughs> Yeah, always handy. Um, we always find an excuse just to continually check these wines. Oh, no, definitely. No, before this podcast, I was actually, I had a lot of wines that I needed to put into my wine fridge. And I think I've got 140 bottles, which I'm sure is nowhere near as many as you have. No, but that's not a bad effort. And, you know, you want to look after all those 140 and bring mm. them out for special occasions. And Yes. Um, that's a good little working seller, you know, and you keep rolling it through. It's, uh, yeah, it does really pay just to have a bit of age on some of these wines. Do you have a favourite food and wine pairing? I, I really do. Look, when, when I'm um, lucky enough to be out, you know, in some nice restaurants, mm. I, I have two things that I always go for. And I, I just love oysters. And I think the quality yes. of Australian oysters are fantastic. So to have them with a Clear Valley Riesling, to me, you know, on a, on a, on a beautiful day, that, that's yes. just a match made in heaven. Particularly, I find, if you've got a selection of different oysters, which I like, Riesling's mm. always the best wine to have because it's got such lovely natural acidity that it really cleans the palate in between the different flavours of all the oysters. Yeah. And then, then the other one that I'm a sucker for, I when, when it's on the restaurant menu, um, because we probably don't do enough of it at home, but <laughs> I always jump for um, the duck. I'll yeah. always like the duck and uh, it's a beautiful, um, you know, succulent uh, bird to have. And, of course, the, the Pinot Noir is, is perfect with duck. So yes. they're probably my two uh, favourite matches. But if I can't find... Um, a really good Pinot Noir, or if they're getting mm. a bit expensive, like I do love, you know, great Burgundy, and yeah. I do like, you know, really good Pinot from um, the Yarra Valley, in which okay. we make one. Um, but if, if the Pinots are a little high, sometimes I'll even slip over and, and enjoy it with, um, you know, a nice Grenache 
that has oh, yes. that beautiful, um, you know, softness and richness. No, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of Grenache. I used to only sort of like lighter style reds, but I'm slowly getting into the heavier styles. And yeah, Grenache is beautiful. I love it. Mm, yeah, gorgeous. And we're we're spoiled in the Clear Valley because we've still got some of the the oldest Grenache vines mm. uh, that 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 we love. But we also have, um, you know, good good grower friends that are in McLaren Vale and and the Barossa Valley. So, you know, we love um, experimenting with uh, Grenache as um, as an old variety that's making mm. uh, what I could call a fashionable comeback. When I was looking on your website, I saw that you were a founding member of Australia's First Families of Wine. What does this, what does this mean and how do wine brands get involved? Yeah, that's, um, it was a great initiative um, that we started off over 10 years ago. Yeah. And it was at a time globally where a lot of um, the wine world was sort of saying, um, you know, nasty things about Australia, you know, that it's <laughs> a big new world, it's all cheap yeah. and cheerful, it's all mm. a bit industrial. Where what, 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 I, what we did at the time, I remember writing a letter about some of these comments to my fellow um, like-minded family wineries yes. saying that, um, you know what, we've got a lot of history. We've got this old continent, the oldest continent in the world with beautiful mm. old soils. Because of phylloxera, we've got some of the oldest vineyards in the world. Yeah. And, and we've got all this lovely family heritage. So we really need to step up as a group and tell the positive um, story about Australian wine, about all our heritage yes. and, and history. So the like-minded wineries were like the Yalumbas, the, the Henschke, D'Arenberg, mm. Brown Brothers, you know, over in the west we've got Howard Park. And, yeah. and it really all of a sudden we realised um, by getting together with all the, you know, the different regions we represent, yeah. yet all the common, you know, threads of being multi-generational family businesses. So we, we worked out a bit of a... Um, we didn't want us to be elitist at all, but mm. we worked out a bit of a, um, a membership criteria. And we always said uh, you needed to be about three generations of yeah. continuous uh, winemaking. You needed mm -hmm. to have quality wines that you could bring out an old, you know, from your cellars and have a vertical tasting of wines yes. that you could demonstrate that are aging really well as 10- and 20-year-old wines. And yes. we also said you had to really be um, into the, the best sustainable practices and be really supportive of our um, industry uh, networks such as Wine Australia and, and Australian Grape and Wine, um, yeah. you know, really helping the industry, you know, go. So it was a bit of a like minds getting together and, and really having that, that long-term focus on quality mm. Australian wine and really building the, the you know, telling telling the attractive, rich heritage story of, of Australian wine, um, you know, within within our country and taking yes. that message um, out to the global wine market. Because quite often when you think of um, winemaking traditions, you, you think that it's all European and that Australia just started recently. When, mm. when you look at the details, and amongst our group, we have over 1,000 
400 years of winemaking heritage oh, uh, wow. between the members. So um, mm. we're really excited by that. And we also have a really uh, great group of the next generation family members coming through yeah. from all the family wineries that are able to work in each other's wineries, go visit uh, the other wineries and really develop their own networks mm. and, and share the education. So it's worked exceptionally well uh, as a great initiative for the Australian wine industry. Oh, no, definitely, because I've been doing my Wesset levels and I'm about to start my level three in August and it is very European, but I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it because there isn't that much on Australian wine, but it is sort of held as a great certificate to have. But um, yeah, I was kind of thinking I need to also, as well as that, then do a course on Australian wine as well, just to be able to learn more about that as well. Yeah, and and we put on masterclasses. We enjoy mm. each other's company. We yeah. travel not only to each other's wineries, but we travel globally and put on big events where we can tell uh, the story of Australian wine in, in a really authentic manner by demonstrating, you know, the quality of, of the Australian wine regions and, mm. and you know, the, the quality of our wines. Sort of, I guess this sort of leads in. What do you think the wine industry is seeing more or less of in 2021? Yeah, very interesting. I'm seeing um, more lighter styles are very popular. Yes. Um, I think we mentioned a few of them, like the Rieslings and the um, and the Pinot Noirs. Uh, the Rosé um, yes. is certainly popular. The um, people are also chasing quality at the top end. They realise yes. wine's not about you know volume so much. Everyone wants a healthier lifestyle, but they mm. really, when they want to enjoy a good a good wine, they're prepared to, you know, stretch themselves a bit more in finding quality at the top end. So we're we're noticing that trend. Um, the Savalanche from New Zealand, I'm just hearing at the yep. moment that that's starting to taper off finally, which I think is a good thing from the fashion <laughs> point of view. Um, yes. But I'm hearing some of the major customers are down on their Savoy Blanc sales by, you know, as much as 30 to 40%. Oh, wow. So what's that style? And, and the other one is the um, we're, we're experimenting a bit with lesser alcohol wines. So Ooh, there's yes. quite a trend too to lesser alcohol and, and also zero alcohol wines. Mm. So I think uh, some of those trends are coming through and and also exploring new new varietals like we're making an excellent Tempranillo at the moment. Oh, yes. It's going really well. Mm. Um, we mentioned Grenache. Uh, so I think, you know, people are looking looking for the, the story of wine, wines that are made with um, character and wines that really talk about the place where, you know, they've been um, uh, nurtured and developed yeah. and made. So I've um, tried a couple of non-alcoholic wines. I had someone on from Plus and Minus Wines, which is a non-alcoholic brand. And I feel yeah. like, yeah, because I remember maybe four or five years ago, I did a detox and the yeah. non-alcoholic options, there was like nothing there. But now if I was to do it, there are so many non-alcoholic wines on the market. There's yeah. so many options coming out. 
And it'll be interesting to follow that trend because I think the technology's improved a lot. So, yes. Uh, some of the early uh, low-alcohol wines tended to strip a lot of the flavours out mm. of the wine. So now they're working out better filtration systems that are a bit more delicate on the, uh, the fruit flavours of the wines. Now I'm excited to see all of the things that are going to be happening. Um, on your website, you have a lot of different wine ranges. Can you tell me the main differences between them and do you have a favourite range? Yeah, we look, we make um, wines, you know, for all different price points. So yes. our, our promised land really is what we call the entry level. The, these are, are vibrant, fresh wines that, that, that are generally a bit lighter in style. Mm. But, um, you know, they're, they're, they're very food-friendly uh, wines. Then, then, of course, we have our what we call the estate range, which is really um, the traditional label that we started 50 years ago and yeah. which the family are so proud of, you know, with its, it, its recognition around Australia. We're still one of the most popular Cabernet Sauvignons and Shirazes yeah. under the estate range. Mm. And, um, you know, it really does have a lot of flavour that, that is from... From the Clare Valley, but we also blend in other other cool climate regions from um, from South Australia uh, yeah. with these wines. And then one one that I was able to pioneer that I'm really proud of is our Jarraman range. Yeah. Uh, Jarraman is the Aboriginal word for seahorses. Okay. And what we do with this range is we find a variety and we blend it with the best we've got in Clare Valley. Yeah. with another region. So we make a, um, a Jarraman Cabernet Sauvignon from okay. Clare Valley and Coonawarra, and we do a, um, a, a Jarraman Shiraz from mm. Clare Valley and McLaren Vale. So it's bringing those two regions together where one plus one really adds to more than the parts of those two regions. Yeah. Then, then of course, what is probably my favourite is the St Andrews range because this really reflects um, the, the best varietals on our estate mm. vineyard, some of the oldest vines that we have. And it's basically a range of four four of our finest varietals. So it's a, okay. a, a Riesling, a Chardonnay, um, a Shiraz and, and a Cabernet Sauvignon. Mm. And um, we really do give it the, 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 the best Rolls-Royce treatment. And, and it really, um, you know, is probably the one that, that I often take out to, to dinner parties and share yeah. with good friends. I've tried a couple of your wines and so my boyfriend's, I think his favourite wine is your Merlot. Oh, yes, yeah. The Merlot is very soft and we yeah. painted that in the 1990s. Oh, wow. Had, yeah, and it was we've, we've done a lot of experimentation with it. I remember in the early days when I first planted it and it wasn't yielding too well, a lot of people referred mm. to it as, oh, that's Mitch's Merlot, you know. <laughs> it, it's, it's a bit of a out-there experiment. But it, as mm. we've got to learn more about how to how to make good quality Merlot in the Clare Valley, it's really become quite a popular wine within our range. Yes, that's definitely his favourite one. Um, you were awarded a five-star winery award by James Halliday for 2021. Congratulations. I, I think that was, it's your 
second or third year, or have you just been always a five-star yeah, wide? Uh, since his recent um, publication, we've always taken yeah. great pride in always getting a five-star award. We, I think we first got it when we were recognised as an up-and-coming, you know, um, new winery yeah. and a bit of a dark horse. But, um, yeah, James has always been a big fan of Clare Valley wines and been a yeah. great great supporter of not only our winery but also Australia's First Families of Wine concept. So, yeah, we do take great pride in, in getting that, that high award because, as I say to the team, it's not about one win. It's always mm. about the journey of continuous uh, uh, improvement across yes. the entire chain of making wine, from vineyard to putting it in the bottles and, and, and to presenting it to our customers. So it, it is a, a, you know, a, a, a thing that you never get right, mm. but always something that you strive, uh, you know, to, to always improve. What do you think goes into creating a five-star winery? Well, really, it, it, it all comes down to your passion, your purpose, the way you share that passion with the, with your whole team, the yeah. way you get everyone realising the things we do do, but also the things we don't do, you know, so we yeah. don't take the shortcuts and you mm. never let those shortcuts creep into the business. So yeah. we do develop partnerships not only within, you know, we've got great employees that are, are so passionate about what we do every day, but also it's our partners like our growers, um, our suppliers, yeah. even our coopers. You know, I've got the Vicard family that have been making the best oak barrels in cognac for over 150 yeah. years. You know, we've got a really solid relationship with them. Over in Burgundy, um, we've, we've got a great relationship with Louis Latour that have been making our barrels prior to the French Revolution in oh, 1789. Wow. So we bring in some of the best barrels from Burgundy to mm. make really exciting, um, uh, you know, Chardonnays and lighter style reds. So, you know, it's, it's those um, fanatical uh, relationships that you have uh, together with being spoiled in the Clear Valley, you've been one of the most um, beautiful regions for making top quality um, wine. Yeah. Um, you know, combining all of that together really does help you, you know, create that high, high level of um, recognition. And, and we actually have been very proud of the fact that we've, we've sent our wines all around the world and, and we've had, we've, ma we've managed to win major uh, trophies and gold medals in some yeah. of the toughest wine competitions in the world. And oh, I wow. Had a great honour um, with our visionary Cabernet Sauvignon, the 2014 mm. vintage, when at the Concours de Cabernets at the International Award uh, Awards in France, yeah. we were selected as the world's best Cabernet Sauvignon. So it really was a great thing to share with the team um, very proud of that vision that mm. my grandfather originally had, but to take out a big award like that on oh, the yeah. age, it was uh, a great thing for the Clare Valley, but also a great thing for the Australian wine industry. Yeah, no, definitely, because I feel like it would be amazing to be recognised overseas like that as well. So congratulations, that's amazing. 
Oh, thank you. So we're coming up to our last question. I just wanted to say thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule for joining me today. Um, So the last question is probably the hardest one. Um, And I'm happy for you to do two different price points because you did say that Taylor's ranges are different price points. But um, from Taylor's Wines, which would you take to a dinner party, a barbecue and give as a gift? Yeah, well, I would recommend, um, you know, I did say St Andrews is my favourite range. So if you're going to a good dinner party, while while it does cost a little bit extra, um, it's well worth taking a bottle um, because I'm sure your hosts and Mm. and the guests will will really appreciate it. And I think when people go to the trouble to organise a dinner party, you really do want something that goes, you know, exceptionally well with the the food. Yeah. For a barbecue, I generally, I really love our Jarraman range. So Mm. that's a lovely quality range. But you also have um, the blending of the two regions. So even with our Chardonnay, we, we blend Clare Valley Chardonnay with Margaret River. So yeah. you get the best of both worlds. So I find that wine and, and that range, you know, a really good one for barbecues. The mm. the other range that's also good, of course, is our estate range, very popular, yeah. widely available. And what's very handy at the barbecue, particularly if it's a warm day, is we've got temperature sensors on the back label oh, yes. of, of our um of our wines so it will tell you if if it's getting too hot around the barbecue or you're outside whether you can put your um red wines in the fridge Mm. and conversely if you've just taken the estate wines out of the fridge um these these temperature sensors will tell you whether you need to warm them up a bit too much because they're probably a little bit 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 too chilled from the fridge or, or straight from an ice bucket. Oh, wow. That's a, that's amazing. Yeah. And temperature is very important. There's a big yeah. difference between four degrees either way. Um, so if you can get, if you can hone in on the right temperature, it really does improve the, 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 the quality sensory experience of tasting the wines oh definitely just before you um carry on to the last give as a gift how does the temperature sensor work yeah it's a great technology where they've got thermochromatic um symbols in the label okay they they, they have different colors so they react to temperature and and you will notice when they're really dark that means they're too cold and when they get very pale and lighter like a light green or a light pink, that means they've got a bit too warm. So, yeah, it's a great technology we developed with our um, uh, label makers. And, yeah. and it's it's a bit like, um, you know, if you can remember some of those mood T-shirts they used to use yes. on people back in the um, 80s where they mm. actually changed colour based on your body temperature. Yes. So using that thermochromatic um, technology. Oh, no, that's that's amazing. That's incredible. I was like, wow, that sounds awesome. Um, what would you give as a gift as well? Yeah, well, just as I was talking, I'd probably, if you want a special gift, I'd give a visionary. Um, yeah. Particularly the 2014 was the, the, the prize one, but they're, they're consistently all very good and they come in beautiful little boxes. And, oh, and yes. If, and if you've got a gift, that 
that, that really is a bit of a stretch and maybe get a lot of people to join in with it. But mm. our, our legacy wine is absolutely sensational and, and it is in a lovely gift where there's a, a sculpture piece. It's oh, got wow. rhodium seahorses on the outside. Rhodium is actually one of the rarest metals in the world, more oh, rare wow. than gold. And it's well, while it's it, it, it is for the wine lover, the ultimate gift. And yes. um, only very limited. Each one is is numbered. Each one has a microchip over it. And when you release that microchip, it means it can't be um, copied or, or refilled, but it also mm. means you can talk to us about what number bottle it is and about the experience of it. So, like, oh, if, wow. you, if you wanted a gift for a wine lover for a special anniversary or a yes. wedding, you know, or, a, you know, a milestone, you know, birthday like yeah. a 50th or a 60th, um, the legacy is really, uh, really something special. How much is that one as well? Yeah, that, that retails for about $1,000. Okay, yeah. So okay. it's right up there. We only make a thousand um, bottles of it, yes. and um, you know we, we bring it out. The first one we ever released was the 2014 um, for our 50th anniversary birthday, yes. and it is a um, a, a traditional uh, Bordeaux blend of Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, uh, Cabernet Franc, and we've just got. Um, a little bit of uh, Malbec in it and uh, really has come together as uh, a beautiful wine that will age, you know, exceptionally well. Um, I think we're about to sell out of the first vintage. Yes. uh, But we'll be releasing the 2015 uh, fairly soon. Oh, um, well, that, that sounds amazing. And um, I just wanted to say thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure chatting to you. And I hope you have a lovely rest of your week and it's not too busy. I will. And, and thank you, Cerise. It's been a pleasure to have you at the Masterstroke launch. And, yes. and always good to um, chat about um, my favourite passion. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe and share with your friends. I'll see you next week for another closer look into the wine industry. Now go and grab that glass of wine. You deserve it.